25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. What's up? Hour two. Hour two of the show off and running. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents you can deal with one-on-one. This show stays connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer inspired. They can fix your phone. There's your reminder for the day. Your phone is a good one. You want to hang on to it. It's not time to upgrade. You like the phone you have. It's just banged up. Stepped on it, dropped it, kicked it, threw it, flushed it. <laughs> I wonder what people are doing with these phones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, you can get it fixed. Go to Seaspire. Stop on in to one of the locations, certified phone repair centers at Seaspire. Uh, you can be a part of the show. Lots of ways to do that. Call me on the Divini phone, 995-1059. That's a 601 number, 995-1059. You can also text the show at 885-ESPN. Bigglesworth asked me the question. He said, wasn't it Wes Shivers that got smoked by Deuce McAllister in a pregame egg bowl fight and tried to sue him? Um, and I said... I didn't know. What did I say, Roger? Do you remember what I said about it? I, I, I don't know. I was thinking I was talking on the phone. Yeah. What I tried to say was that I don't remember about, you know, Wes getting smoked by Deuce McAllister. I do remember Wes getting hit, but he wasn't on the team. He was a recruit. That's all I said. And then Bigglesworth sends me a link to an article from two years ago with some history about it, apparently. And then says, you're dead wrong. You were there, too. You shouldn't have to read the article. <laughs> Gosh, man. <laughs> well, first of all, I just... What did you have for supper last year? <laughs> well, first of all, Bigglesworth, if you go back and listen, which this show is always available for you on the man, I didn't say anything wrong. And so what we have here is one of these people who likes to hear things the way they want to hear it. I didn't say anything wrong. I said Wes was a recruit. He wasn't on the team. And he got his head popped by a helmet. Somebody hit him on the head of the helmet. I didn't see Deuce do it. I don't know. I didn't know it happened that way. <laughs> what we've got here is failure to communicate. Frankly, also, Bigglesworth, I want you to just think for a minute about what you just did. Is you knew the answer that of a question you asked me. You already knew the answer. And had an a link ready to send me. So what's your problem? It, apparently, Bigglesworth, we got something going on between me and you. That it's, there's something else besides this 
little issue in this article. So let's get down to it. What is it? What's wrong? Because number one, I didn't say anything wrong. I just didn't remember. And number two, if you would think for just a minute, you said you were there. Yeah, I was there. I was on the field, on the other side of the field. I don't remember half of it. And then you want me, you say I shouldn't have to read an article from two years ago. Number one, I don't read the Clarion Ledger. I don't get it. Number two, didn't read that article when it came out. And number three, I can't remember what I had for breakfast. <laughs> so what's the problem, man? He must have stole your lollipop or uh, something. <laughs> yeah, and it's like he's accusing me of being a liar or something. Liar, liar, your pants are on fire! <laughs> <laughs> You can still hear him. That is so good. Isn't it great? I mean, it sounds just like Pacino. So, Bigglesworth, get your underwear out of a wad. I don't know what the problem is. Go take a bath. I don't know. Maybe that'll make you feel better. Get off my case. Respect my authority! (laughs) And on the coaches thing, real quick, let's see here. Unnamed Texter says... Saban at Alabama is super entertaining, especially his news conferences. Ed Ogeron at LSU with his gruff voice. Morning, man. Most of the other SEC coaches are still new and are developing their interesting legacies. I would say that's prob- there's probably something to some of those. But still, overall, it's largely uninteresting. What is not... You speculate and create <laughs> things, and then you want people to respond to it. What is not uninteresting in the least is one of my favorite comedians, Frank Caliendo, who does the John Madden impression, and not just any impression of John Madden, but John Madden talking about our very own Brett Favre. If you could only have one guy, just one guy that you put in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't know why that would be. Maybe because there's a small Hall of Fame and there's a fire inspector that says you can only have one guy that can go in that Hall of Fame. That guy, I mean, that guy's going to be Brett Favre. He could do things on the field that nobody else could do. I, I mean, he could do things most people couldn't even imagine doing. But as amazing as Brett Favre the player was, let me tell you about Brett Favre the man. Back in 2004, we're talking to Brett Favre at Lambeau Field, and we're, you know, just having a normal interview, and a squirrel came running across the field, and I, I guess it tripped and injured itself. I, I, didn't, I, was, I, was, I wasn't really paying attention to the squirrel, but Brett Favre, in the middle of the interview, saw the squirrel trip, and Brett looks at the squirrel and says, oh no, that squirrel is limping. I mean, I didn't even know a squirrel could limp, so Brett Favre, runs over and helps that little guy. Brett Favre made that squirrel a little cast. And then he made a little squirrel crutches. <laughs> and y'all didn't know that, did you? He made Brett Favre made a squirrel cast and a little squirrel crutches, according to John Madden a la Frank Caliendo. Well, that guy who did that, the voice you heard, Frank Caliendo is a great comedian. He's coming to Mississippi. I think he's coming this week. Let's check in on it right now with a guy who knows all about it. On the Divinity Equipment phone, my friend, comedian himself, founder of Hub City Comedy, and the host of the To the Talk Top To the To the Top Talk podcast, Jamie Arrington. What's up, Jamie? 
We named it to the top talk just to throw people like you all. Just yeah. the alliteration. Just say it. <laughs> just just say you people. That's really what you want to say, Matt. You people should be able to pronounce this, but you can't. Oh. It got me this time. Well, the funny. The funny thing is, if it wasn't for Matt Wyatt, there wouldn't be a to the top talk. If you really get down to, we don't have to go through the whole uh, story, but yeah, you pretty much helped us get started. So, well, you know, um, far be it from me to turn down any credit that anybody wants to give me for anything. So I'll take it. <laughs> Jamie, uh, Jamie Arrington, y'all follow him on Twitter, Jamie underscore Arrington. Going to tell you a little bit more about him. But so I play these clips today of. Frank Caliendo, and he's coming to Mississippi. Is it this week, Jamie? It is this Friday night. Uh, it's uh, Friday, August the 2nd, at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg at 7.30 p.m. This is the fourth annual Last for Life, and what it is is it is a, um, it's basically a charity comedy show. Uh, the proceeds, you know, after the bills are paid, the proceeds go to the International Myeloma Foundation, the Forest General Cancer Center, and this year, uh, Children's of Mississippi is also a recipient. So I'm not sure where we're at this year, but prior to this, I believe we've raised over $450,000 for for the charities that we, we benefit each year. This year should be, should be no exception. I think we're, I know we were over 100000 raised um, a, a week or two ago, so we should be on pace to have another really solid year for the cause. Uh, this is Frank's second time coming to Hattiesburg. The first time he came, um, so I MC the show for you, and we were getting ready to get started, and Brett Favre shows up backstage, and the two of them just, they kept, they told stories. They did like an Instagram video, which by the time we made it home that night, it was on Sports Center. Like, <laughs> it was where Madden was doing his, uh, I mean, excuse me, Frank was doing his Madden voice, and he, and he, he kind of pans behind him, and his Brett shook his head, no. Uh, it was classic. Um, but we had, we had to delay getting started to let them two catch up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a great time. And also, uh, for some of the, uh, I know you have a, a lot of Southeastern Conference listeners, but the, the guy who's the, the featured act this year, Keith Alberstadt, is a big Vandy guy. Went to Vanderbilt, uh, kind of like Nate Bargatze. And, uh, he's been on Letterman. He's been on a lot of late night shows. He is, is a very funny guy as well. So. You'll have some of the, I think you'll have a lot of the humor that your listeners would appreciate. No doubt about it. And that's this Friday night at the Sanger Theater, Hattiesburg. Uh, where do they get tickets? If somebody's listening and they want to show up, how do they get tickets? Um, you better get on it. I think we are, we are getting down to the, to the, to the double digits tickets remaining right now. Yeah. So if you want to get on it, go to laughsforlife.com. That's laughs, the number four, life.com. Okay. Laughs for life. I'll tweet that out and make sure. Um, so if you're listening, if y'all already follow me on Twitter, um, Radio Wyatt will get it to you. And then Jamie is Jamie underscore Arrington uh, on Twitter. Y'all follow him and go check him out. He can give you the info there if you were to forget it. But laughs, the number four, life.com. All the money goes to a great cause. Do you have a big turnout the last time that Frank Caliendo was in town for this? We were close to a sellout. The past two years have been hard sellout. Okay. Um, this year, we expect much of the same. I mean, it's about a thousand seat theater, and you know, I was told this morning we had you know down in the double digits as far as tickets will being left. So, fully anticipate another sellout this year. Jamie, how do you get a guy like that to come to an event? Like, how'd this all start with him? Um, you got to pay him. First okay. off, uh, no. 
<laughs> well, Kent had this. Kent Oliver, the guy that started this this cause, he he is somebody who has been suffering from myeloma himself. And when he first went through his treatments, he decided he wanted to put on a big comedy show. Well, meanwhile, I started a group about nine years ago called Hub City Comedy. Basically, it's a group of local comedians that promote and perform in our own shows. And uh, you know, we had we had acts like Hannibal Burris and. Uh, Doug Stanhope, Tom Segura, Tig Notaro, Todd Berry that we brought through to Hattiesburg. So it kind of gave us a little clout when Kent was wanting to start this project up. So we kind of partnered up and with the ties that we already had in comedy and the relationships that we had built and with, with the, the, um, you know, people Kent knew as far as getting sponsors, we were able to make it all come together that first year. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Really neat. I remember, um, uh, I guess that first go round, you helped us get it set up where I was able to interview Frank on the radio, and, and that was pretty cool. He actually threw a couple of impressions our way. I, every time I talk about to somebody about Frank Caliendo, and everybody knows him for the John Madden impression, but I think maybe the best impression he does is Al Pacino. Have you heard his Al Pacino? I have heard his Al Pacino. Is Al, I love a good Pacino uh, impression. This <laughs> is his clutch and his Morgan Freeman too. You don't hear many people do Morgan Freeman that well, mm-hmm. and he just nails it. That's right. So, um, so Caliendo is going to perform and do a, you know, a, um, a set. I guess we, if, if that's the right term. If it's wrong, forgive me. But I, you know, I'm just calling it a set. Are there others who will like um, open for him? There are other comedians who will perform for this, or is it just him? So I'm, I'm, I'm the MC, so I'll get it started off. And then there's going to be Keith, Al- <laughs> it's be Keith Alberstein, who, uh, I'm telling you, Keith is just, uh, he was here, he, he, he was here when Bill Engvall was here a few years ago, and he was a, he's a guy that I've, I've always enjoyed it. Um, you know, we kind of hit it off. Having a Southern guy around. Yeah. And someone that's as good as him, he's written for a lot of award shows, he's been on a lot of late night shows. He is, uh, a very, very good comedian, so. You should. He, he. I hate to say this because we've had some openers that've done really well in the past, but it wouldn't shock me if, when you look at the last for a minute, if Keith was might not be ahead of everybody else on the show. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Well, and you know, Jamie, a good radio host uh, wouldn't ask you a question that you've already given us the answer to. I realize I just did that because you mentioned him ahead of time, but I'm glad it made room for us to get the info in there that you also are gonna. You're emceeing, but you de facto get to make us laugh also. Attempt, attempt to make everybody <laughs> laugh. <laughs> you know, the thing about it is, Jamie, like I admire it so much because there's a couple of things out here in life that I find incredibly entertaining that in my deepest gut, I wish I could do it, but I also at the same time know that I could never do it. One is being a mascot. I want to be in the suit. And the other is being a stand-up comedian. But I don't think I have what it takes to be either. Like, I'm not flexible enough to be a mascot. (laughs) And I'm just not clever enough to be a stand-up comedian. And you've been both of those. What a life, man. If you're going to do the mascot thing, you probably want to wait a few more months until we get to, like, December, Mm -hmm. if you want to give that a shot. Because I'm sure it's brutal right now. Yeah. Stand-up was something I always wanted to do, and I just turned 40 this past weekend, and when I was, 
I kind of set a goal. I said, okay, by the time, you know, during my 30s, like when I start my 30s, I'm going to start doing stand-up. And they had a open mic comedy contest with a local radio station in Hattiesburg. And I won it, but that's not really saying much because second place was a milkman. <laughs> and third was this, like, hick ventriloquist doing old hee-haw joke. <laughs> it was pretty brutal, <laughs> but it was a great start. Well, you know, the thing about it is, though, the hick ventriloquist doing hee-haw jokes does intrigue me. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> like, if I could get a copy yeah. of that. Uh, cause, <laughs> but it's kind of a no-no, Thanks. isn't it, to just recycle somebody else's old jokes? You're not supposed to do that. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that, <laughs> especially especially ones that are in syndication. So, <laughs> even if it is on <clears throat> RFD TV, it still it is in syndication. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you know, of course, you can watch the alternate channels on the weekend and buy the DVDs. But uh, of, that's right. Yeah, of Hee Haw and Laugh In, you know. It's if you've oh, ever laughing was clutch. It was clutch. You can buy those DVDs too on the same channel. You can buy the the Hee Haw uh, DVDs from also. Um, yeah, Roger, producer Roger. I know Jamie. You hadn't had a chance to meet Roger. Roger, I don't know if you realize this, but we're talking to a guy who was. What's uh, remind me, Jamie, the name of the Southern Miss Eagle mascot? Seymour. Jamie, you, Roger, you're talking to a guy who was Seymour. In wow. the in the that's, suit, that's a hot suit. Well, yeah, I did some mascot duty, but not for a uh, a school. Nothing that reputable, but just <laughs> for, <laughs> for a radio station in town. It's a big old. I look like uh, a hick McGruff the Crown. Uh, uh-huh. the, the, uh, the the crime dog. I, I I suited up as a Blackberry one time, and uh, <laughs> like, I, w- I was working at Cell South at the time. I guess I can say that because they're not called that anymore. A, black, and, a blackberry, the fruit or the device? The, the device. device. Okay, you had to. Because one's kind and, of funny. And I made a sign that says, please press eight. <laughs> and they had to take it away from me. That's good. <laughs> yeah. You got to work with what you got. You know? <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's great. You you knew ahead of time they were going to take it away from you, Jamie. You knew it. Well, I. I try to wreak as much havoc as possible. I think we're at a high school football game, and they—I don't think they knew. I think they're, oh, this guy was professional in there. They didn't know how turned up it was going to get. That's great. I think people have made that mistake with me. Uh, <laughs> Thought I was professional, man. And here's the other thing, Roger. Jamie was also the mascot for the Chicago Bears, and that's no joke. In the end, isn't that cool? Uh, you must have done pretty good in that uh, bird suit. <laughs> It did good enough. Did or was it enough. the Blackberry performance that got you noticed? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but Jamie, you, you as Seymour, you um, got in a fight with Big Al in an Alabama game, though, right? Yeah, you can go watch that on YouTube if you want to look <laughs> it up, Seymour versus Big Al. Uh, we were actually, we, we worked UCA camp together. We were actually big buddies. And um, we kind of like, we were, up late one night, and we were like, we should do something for the game this year. And we plotted out this WWE-style fight, and it, it caused all kind of, like, I didn't get in any trouble, but there were all kind of Alabama fans that wrote in about Big Al setting a bad example, and I think we did. We broke the kicker's net, and he had to go apologize to Coach Francione. We broke a cheerleading megaphone, uh, and then the SEC issued a mandate that week that mascots were not allowed to interact uh, during the game. 
like that particular week. So that that was kind of a uh, a revolutionary, groundbreaking <laughs> Jamie, incident. <laughs> Jamie, you have something directly in common with Nick Saban, and it is the SEC has put in rules because of you. How about that, huh? Isn't that cool? <laughs> well, the NCAA did too. Uh, that it was like the year before that. I got a call and it's like Coach Barr wants to see you guys. Um, and he, he left a video for us, and it was the NCAA rules video from like 2001. <laughs> and it said mascots are not allowed. It was like Rule 168A, mascots are not allowed on the field to play. And it showed Seymour in slow motion running into the end zone uh, when Southern Miss was playing TCU one time. And uh, I was like, that's a, definitely a badge of courage right there. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's good stuff. Jamie, it's always good to catch up with you. It's been too long, and it's my fault. I'm going to tell people uh, laughsforlife.com with the number four to get tickets to go there in Hattiesburg and see Frank Caliendo on Friday. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. That's Jamie Arrington. Y'all follow him on Twitter, Jamie underscore Arrington, formerly Seymour, the Golden Eagle at Southern Miss. Got in a big brawl with Big Al at an Alabama game, and now... Forevermore, we can't have hand-to-hand combat between mascots because of him. All because of Jamie. I may be exaggerating just a little bit. Liar, liar, your pants are on fire! Y'all go see Frank Caliendo in Hattiesburg Friday. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, live in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. The Divini Equipment phone line is open to you. Call me on the Divini phone. That'll get you into the show. Hit me up. Here's the number, 601-995-1059. You call that number, and we'll chat it up. Grab a chair, have a seat at the table with me and Roger, and join the conversation. We'd love to catch up with you today. Update, Bigglesworth got crossed with me. I I don't know what I did. All in the world I said is I didn't remember all the details. And the one detail I did remember is that at the fight before the 97 Egg Bowl, uh, when somebody hit Wes Shivers with a helmet, I didn't remember who it was. I certainly didn't. I mean, I didn't see it. I was on the other side of the field, and I said that Wes was a recruit at that game. He wasn't actually on the team. And I, and here's the thing. And Bigglesworth's all, like, snippy about it, telling me I'm dead wrong, and which I'm not, and then says, tell you what. He, he sent back, he said, tell you what. Just read Deuce's quote in the article, then say that again. Here's the problem. You sent me a screenshot, not a link. I can't read a screenshot. <laughs> but I am curious now to see what's in the article. But write this down, take it to the bank. In 1997, Wes Shivers was a recruit. 
He was, I think, playing at Heinz. His first year on our team at Mississippi State was in 1998. His last year was 1999. Write it down, put it in stone, chisel it somewhere, take it to the bank. That's the one thing I do remember. The rest of it I don't remember and don't, frankly, really care. And you know what? These are the kinds of texts that I look forward to every day. Because it means that just every now and then, every so often, there's something on this show, Roger, that somebody likes so much that they would care to hear it again. <laughs> 100 grand texted to the show and said, Hey, Matt, can you hit a little sonic boom? I need to get going today. Yes, I can. Turn your speakers up and roll down the window. Roger, several years ago, I played this in my car in Tupelo. I just ride around with the windows down and get people's attention. <laughs> it's true. It, what? You, have, you remember those cars? I don't know. This goes back to me being older than you, but when I grew up around Lee County a lot, during election time, there's this old station wagon with these huge <laughs> cone speakers uh-huh. and they would go around with their little message playing over and over again that would be cool <laughs> if you could do that with with this yes yeah just ride around town come on would they arrest you for playing your music too loud though Honestly, if you're, if you're playing this in Jackson, no. Just let it be known which police officer gave you trouble and they'll go away. <laughs> we just passed their name along. Right. <laughs> what do you mean he can't play jazz? Uh, anytime you want it, hundred grand. Just text me and I'll hit the button, man. That's all it is to it. Okay, Jonathan on the text line eight eight five ESPN or eight eight five three seven seven six. We were talking about. I was making the point that if you look at it, collectively, the SEC head football coaches right now are about as dull and, and less entertaining as they've ever been collectively. All right, and Jonathan says, do you think it's all about boring coaches or does it have anything to do with the current atmosphere they are working in these days? What would happen if the Clarion Ledger today ran an article about cutting the, well, you know, from a bull in order to prove a point to his players. Yeah, what? Well, see, that's another one. Now, when Coach Sherrill castrated the the bull back in 90 or not, was it 91? 92? 91. 91 before the Texas game. He had this longhorn out there and he just, you know, snip, snip. And to be fair, the bull was a real jerk. <clears throat> Until then. What kind of noise does a bull make after that? Never mind. Look, the point is, that happens every day. It's not even really a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it sounds like, Edward? Yeah. <laughs> Just imagining. But what I'm saying is, listen, 
It happens every day, all the time. Okay, this is not a big deal. It's like shearing the wool off a sheep. You hear me? And don't get me started. I'm not into believing that that steer has a soul and is going to spend eternity in heaven with me. Unless it's a fillet of soul. <laughs> boom, boom, at a boy, Roger. Lake souls fish. So all I'm saying is a big dumb cow. <clears throat> I don't. Uh, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't brutalize anything. Be mean, you know. Be as humane as you can. But man, they're here to eat and reproduce and eat and reproduce some more. That's it. Some of them are milk cows. Okay, dairy. Got it. It's a little different. And we're not going to be mean, but you know the whole castration thing it was not nearly as big a deal some people make one want to make it out to be we can go out here today or tomorrow or the next day or any day for that matter right down the road and watch it happen <laughs> all right who's on the phone roger let me see we got warren in ridgeland warren in ridgeland on the divinity phone hey warren hey i'm 67 years old i grew up with tommy lestarter bobby cox woody hayes was a little before my time how would you like it if you had coaches like that and they allowed them on the field to start screaming and hollering at the referees? Now, I would like it because I figure if I'm going to spend money on Comcast or DirecTV or whatever service you use, mm-hmm. that's part of the entertainment. Oh, yeah. And I am going to hang up and <laughs> see what you think. Yeah. Oh, man. Listen, Bobby Cox, Lasorda. Lou Pinella, Billy Martin, help me out. There's others. Gosh. It was part of the show, man. It really was. And I think umpires knew it. La Sorda, out there kicking up dirt all over the umpire's shoes. Who's next, Roger? Clay. Hey, Clay. What's happening? Hey, not much. Two things. There is a YouTube video out there so you can prove that Wes was in street clothes. Okay. As somebody was swinging a helmet to take him out. Uh, somebody posted it on Facebook about a month ago. But anyway, <clears throat> the most entertaining group of coaches in the state had to be back when, I mean, I'm just, I'm talking about, take the SEC out of, yeah. back in the 80s when we had Marino Cassim, Archie Cooley, and W.C. Gordon and the SWAC, they were the greatest. I used to race home to watch the news to hear what they had to say because <laughs> W.C. Gordon was always so professional. Mm-hmm. And not that the other two weren't, but they were, he was like, back then, Jackson State was a little bit of the playground bully. They whipped up on everybody, and they always threw rocks. And it was so entertaining to watch those guys. They were great. They they were showmen. Mm-hmm. They did a great job. And that's why this wax not fun to watch today. But no, yeah, the coaches in the SEC are dull as. Yeah, it's, now, it really is, Clay. And, I, you know, and the thing is, again, there's a lot of really nice guys, a lot of great guys. You know, the people that one-on-one, like Coach Moorhead and, and Coach Luke and Coach Malzahn and these guys, and you hang out one-on-one, they're down to earth. You just enjoy it. But, man, 20 years It's dull. 20 years ago, when you look at the characters you had at SEC, in the SEC as head coaches, they were entertained – Entertainers themselves. It was incredible back then. Clay, I appreciate and the you call, have man. To, you, have, you have to put the you have to put the swag from the eighties in there with them, man. Those guys were great. They, no they were doubt, great. no doubt about it. And I didn't live in the Jackson area then. I wish I could have seen some of those news clips. Appreciate that call. Continuing along, stick around.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Check this out, Roger. You know, we have um, a nice woman who calls me sometimes on the Divinity phone, but she's called a couple times, too, to correct my grammar or... Yeah, former teacher. Retired teacher. She's a retired teacher? Well, Well, my dad is also a former... He's a retired teacher and coach. He still is a pastor bivocationally, but in the education system, he's retired. He taught English and all this stuff all these years. And so earlier today, I sent a tweet out on my Twitter feed, at Radio Wyatt, with a link to a video. I put together um, a a cross-section of plays on a film study video highlighting Errol Thompson, the middle linebacker, Mississippi State. He's an all-SEC guy and showed some different examples of how he affected plays last year on every level of the defense. And the tweet, so listen closely, the tweet said, Film, Errol Thompson, linebacker, Hale State, a few examples of how the All-SEC player can affect games at every level of the defense. And I spelled it E-F-F-E-C-T. Effect. Oh, yeah. And my dad texts me. <clears throat> he said, you used effect when it should be affect, A-F-F-E-C-T. He says, affect is the action of doing something. And effect is a result. Is right. Is when something is done to something has been done. So active versus passive. <laughs> I am forty-two years old, and I'm still learning the English language from yeah, Dad. My who's dad. on TV every fall? Who's <laughs> <laughs> got a radio show? Yeah, Lord of mercy, but he's right. You know he is. And the thing he's right. And the thing is, Twitter you can't edit it. It's just out there now. So it was an artistic choice. <laughs> yeah, it was a social experiment, Dad. Yes, that's the words you want to tell your dad. <laughs> All right. Did I hear a phone ring? You did. We've got JB on it, and it's what John? Wait, is it is not it? John Bond? No, uh, other okay. JB. Sorry, the other JB. So, sorry, sorry to let you down. It's sorry, JB. Hey, you know, JB. Dr. Brojo. How about Dr. Brojo? Dr. Brojo. That's what you'll be from now on. Okay. There you go. What's up, man? Yeah. Oh, not much, man. I still tell people you got the biggest feet I've ever seen. (laughs) The biggest feet? (laughs) Playing in a golf tournament with you down south in Natchez. And I remember looking down at those Adidas shoes. I said, my God, you could build a boat with that. Yeah. And everybody wanted to know why I'm uh, so slow. Look. Just look. There they are. There's the reason. When I I played in a pro-am tournament with... uh, Fred Funk several years ago down on the coast. Um, yeah, great guy, pro golfer. Fred Funk won the players one year. And anyway, I uh, I accidentally during this practice round, I stepped in the line of his putt. He didn't see it. Oh, no. He didn't see it, but his caddy did. And I said to his caddy, I said, "Hey, I'm so sorry. I just stepped in the line of his putt. I was not paying attention. I'm really sorry." His caddy goes, "Ah, oh, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it." I said, should I say something to Fred? He goes, yeah, you can. It's fine. <laughs> and so I said, hey, Fred, man, I stepped in the line of your putt. I'm really sorry about that. He goes, oh, it's no big deal. It's not like you got big feet or anything. 
And then he stepped over the putt. He stepped over the putt and made it. Like from 15 feet, he wow. rolled it in. And so the rest of the day, he and his caddy would be over there, like sizing up a putt, reading it. And he'd go, Hey, Matt, would you come over here and step on my line, please? <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I hear you, man. Well, look, uh, I lost my dad this weekend, so be glad your dad's still around and treasure those those moments, man. Yeah, sorry uh, to hear that, JB. Yeah, uh, I know you've got a really good relationship with your dad, so treasure that. The yeah. thing I was going to tell you is about my boys when I was pastoring down in uh, it's You know, it's a rural community, and you're either a farmer or a tree farmer or you do cattle, and one guy had his farm, he said, uh, he says, I'm going to work cows. Let's take your boys with me today. And uh, I said, okay. And about 4.30 that afternoon, uh, you know, cell phones back in those days were only used seldom randomly because you only had a certain amount of minutes that you didn't want to go over. Yeah. But my buddy called me, and he said, I'm using up my minutes so your boys can tell you what they saw today. And so he, he put them on speaker, and they said, Dad, you wouldn't believe it, man. They got this machine that puts rubber bands around cow's balls. <laughs> and I said, what is that? And he said, oh, I don't know, Dad, but when they run out of the chute, they just fall down, and they're just, like, rolling all right. <laughs> <laughs> You're next, son. Well, yeah. I said, well, we'll see if Mr. Emmett can get us one of those guns, and we'll keep it handy <laughs> in case you guys get out of the it's probably they're, good they saw that. Taking care of business, yeah, they're taking care of business in a little more, uh, yeah, gentler way, yeah, if you will. Right. So, uh, well, hold on, keep it up. Hey, and, hang uh, in there, remember. hang in there. Thank you, brother. Yeah, man. Talk soon, Doctor Brojo. Lost his dad this past weekend, so he's right. We ought to be. We we all have to be thankful. If we can call mom or call dad or see him or hug him, let's be thankful for that for sure. Uh, Warren. <laughs> we were talking about coaches. All right. So if you've paid attention to the whole show today, there's been this this thing. I just thought and it's kind of amazing to me how just kind of bland the overall all the head coaches in the SEC are right now. Um compared to you look back 20 years ago, you had Spurrier, Jackie Sherrill, Pat Dye, Gene Stallings, Houston Nutt, gracious alive. It was just so Philip Fulmer. It was so much different then, so much personality. He called in, Warren called in and brought up baseball. I actually had a couple of baseball things to mention to you. Roger, um, <clears throat> on this day in 1980, where's my Braves? I got to get the mood right for the Braves here. The Braves, the, the old 80s Braves on TBS. Goes next into the wall. He caught it. Unbelievable. Kiss this one goodbye. It's a slam. And down the stretch he comes. He Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. All right, so some of that's from the 90s. Okay. Did you know the, the Braves won? The Bra- <laughs> We got it, Skip. <laughs> On this day in 1982... The Atlanta Braves removed Chief Nakahoma from the outfield. Roger, do you remember Chief Nakahoma at the Braves games at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium? I do, actually. Yeah, because, you know, as you know, 
That was one of the few channels you could get. That's right. One of three. They had a teepee up on a big ledge out in the outfield in the stadium. Chief Nakahoma would come out of that sucker and dance when the Braves hit a home run. (laughs) Sure did. And he would sometimes come out on the field before the game and, like, dance around at home plate. It's all true stories. But on this day in 1982, Ted Turner said, we we have to get rid of Chief Nakahoma and make room for more seats. Now, it was a rare thing if the dadgum Braves had a full stadium ever. So that I th- I think that was his excuse and he knew this ain't great. Or we're going to get pressure. You know, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, they took him out. They said we're taking him out and removing the TP because we need to put in more seats. Now, you know that baseball people are notoriously superstitious. Oh, yeah. Immediately upon removing Chief Nakahoma from the stadium, the Atlanta Braves went 2-19 and in their next 21 games. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true story. I am wow. not making that up. Sure did. And it happened on this day in 1982. Chief Nakahoma. Hey, did you ever find that song you were talking about? Tommy Tuberville the other day. Did you ever have a chance? Oh to listen? no, I didn't. What's the, uh, help me again? You Tommy want me, you Tuberville. Want me to play it for you as we go out. Let's hear it. I want to hear it right. All right. This the name of it again. Wasted away, and Tommy Tuberville. Let's hear it. Well, will it will it you. take us all the way? Yeah. Snuck out right. on the rebels. I'll leave your mic up. Okay. Sold my soul to the devil. Now Auburn football is in turmoil. This was on the 10th anniversary of him leaving. Grinning with big ears. The Lexington Brothers. <laughs> this could be my last year. Live at Thacker Mountain. Someone's future is starting to spoil. <laughs> <laughs> Wasting away again in Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> Searching for my lost coaching career. <laughs> Some people claim that there's a long night of blame. <laughs> it's Tony Franklin's fault. <laughs> that was the offensive coordinator. Hired <laughs> my OC. The spread is not for me. It's hard to learn, you know. Oh, Bobby Louder's up in his plane. The riverboat gambler. A sweater vest rambler. <laughs> All this unused toilet paper's driving me insane. I don't even know where too much corner is anymore. <laughs> Wasting away again in Tommy Tuberville. Last 15 seconds. Searching for my credibility. Enjoy and I'll see y'all tomorrow. Some people claim that there's no one out of blame.